all can be seated. You know, that song that we just did right there, that last one, was uh, probably one of my favorite songs that the band taught us this semester. And so I hope they bring it back next uh, January when we get back together again. All right, so here's the deal, okay? So I've got a timer on and a very short amount of time to speak. So we are in this series. We've been in this series all semester long. And this week and next week are literally the last two times that we're going to get together this semester on a Wednesday night. And uh, we're in this series. It's called We Believe. And, you know, it's Christmas time. This is like a really very exciting time of the year. I love this time of year. Little kids are happy all week long. My little girl who is about this tall, Juliana, the, eight, the 19-month-old, my little baby girl, she's been like hitting stuff off the Christmas tree, and she's like old enough to walk around. Last year at Christmas time, she wasn't old enough to get around like that. So this is her first Christmas where she's like staring like uh, eye to eye at Christmas lights, and she's just having a blast. I love this time of year. It's great. You know, we've been talking about what we believe. The series that we've been in all semester long is called We Believe. We want to know what we believe. We don't want to be confused. We want to know exactly what we believe about God, what we believe about this world, what we believe about Jesus without any question. And so we're going to take a little bit of time. This week and next week is like the Christmas edition of We Believe. Specifically, we're going to talk about the gospel and Christmas time, all right? So is anybody with me that Christmas is like the number one holiday for you? Your, your favorite holiday is Christmas. Hi, anybody? A few of you? Okay. Some of you love Halloween. That's okay. God will forgive you. I'm just kidding, all right? So <laughs> I like Halloween, right? Okay. The Super, Super Bowl Sunday. That's my favorite holiday. I don't really know. But Christmas is such an awesome time, and we're going to talk about how um, amazing Christmas is, and we're going to specifically talk about um, why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. That is something extremely significant to Christians. If you're a believer and a Christian in here, then the significance of the birth of Jesus Christ is something that we all must know and cling to. All right, so I forgot to tell you that on your seat sheets are uh, some uh, listening guides tonight. And so um, grab a pen from the seat back in front of you and take some notes tonight. Fill in all the blanks that will help you listen and stay awake and give you something to take home. So when your parents say, what would you talk about tonight? You're not like, uh, Jesus. Uh, we are going to talk about Jesus, but we're going to talk a little bit more uh, specifically about uh, why we believe that Christmas is so important and so significant. Why we have hope in the Christmas story and why we believe in the gospel message. All right, so this is one on your handout, Okay. We believe and know that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. The Christmas story is so amazing because in the Old Testament, okay, the first part of the Bible, if you don't know your Bible that well, the Old Testament, there were so many prophecies that were written about Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ fulfilled those Old Testament prophecies. That's pretty amazing. I don't know about you, I think you're pretty awesome. But if I, you could correct me if I'm wrong, that I don't think anybody's written any prophecies about you. Like nobody's come along time, not, nobody's come along like a hundred years ago or more and said, one day there will be this guy. His name will be Marcus. He'll be rather good looking, brown skinned brother, and he'll be a youth pastor in a church called Calvary. Nobody wrote that a long time ago, right? And I know some of you are thinking, Somebody should have written that. That would have been a good one to think, right? So, but nobody, you correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody has ever prophesied about you. Christmas, the Christmas story is so awesome because 
the prophecies that were written about Jesus came to pass, came to be. They were fulfilled. Now, what does this mean? Check this out. It means that 600 to 1,000 years. Listen to me. This is amazing, okay? We're going to get a little factual tonight, all right? Watch this. 600 to 1,000 years before Jesus Christ was ever born, there were prophecies that were written, written about him. Now, I want to give you kind of like a modern-day example of what it would have been like for somebody to prophesy about Jesus today. Now, don't get, me confu- don't get confused here because I'm about to run you through what it, how amazing the prophecies about Jesus were in a modern-day example, okay? Now, I didn't come up with this. I, I, I totally stole it from somebody else who has done it way better than me. Um, it's not mine that I created, but I think it's such a... Because when I tell you, listen to me, when I tell you that Jesus fulfilled prophecy, you may kind of be like, well, what does that actually mean? What do you mean when Jesus fulfilled prophecy? Or why, why is that a big deal? Why is that important? What, what's the deal about that? Well, let me give you a modern-day example of what it would have been like for Jesus to fulfill the prophecies if he had been living today, like right now, okay? So if your neighbor's asleep, just hit him and say, wake up and take notes, all right? So here we go. Listen, follow along with me here. There's a bunch of pictures that'll be on the screen to help you pay attention. Ready? Here we go. Imagine, number one, listen, imagine, oh, this is, you don't write this in, okay? Don't write it in. Imagine that right here in McAllen, boom, right there, in McAllen, Texas, somebody discovered these ancient scrolls, okay? And these ancient scrolls that we discovered in McAllen, Texas today were written 600 years ago, okay? Anybody good at math? What year would it have been 600 years ago? Anybody? 600 years ago? What? 1419, very good. Some of you are passing pre-algebra. Good job, all right? Okay, so imagine, imagine... Here today in McCown, Texas, somebody discovered some scrolls that were written 600 to 1,000 years ago. Listen, okay? Some of these scrolls were written before Christopher Columbus came to America. He sailed. And some of these were also written before the American Revolution took place. Anybody good at history? What years were the Ameri- did the American Revolution take place? 1776, 1765 to 1783, okay? So imagine that today in McAllen, Texas, we discovered these ancient scrolls that were written 100, I'm sorry, 600 to 1,000 years ago. Now, in McAllen, Texas today, we opened up the scrolls and we started to read them. And the scrolls, they said that one day, listen to me, One day in your lifetime, in my lifetime, somebody would be born. A man would be born and that he would be a direct descendant of George Washington. Okay? So the scroll that was written a long time ago said, there's going to be this guy born and he will be born. He will be a direct descendant of Sir, Mr. George Washington, El Presidente Numero Uno. Okay? All right? Okay. Not only that, but listen. Listen to this. The scroll that we discovered... 600 to 1,000 years old, also said that when this guy was born, that he would also be uh, a descendant. All his family would be from the state of Virginia, from one specific area. That's where his family would be from. Not only that, but the scroll that we discovered today 
also says that this man, this person that is being prophesied about, is going to be born in the good old county in Texas called Brooks County that everybody drives through to get anywhere cool outside the valley. Brooks County, that is exactly where the amazing town of Falfurias, Texas is, where you stop at the checkpoint, or, or not, on your way north, all right? On your way north. So listen, listen to this, listen. So the scroll that we discovered today, 600 to 1,000 years old, said that somebody would be born... He would be um, a descendant of George Washington, all his family from Virginia, born. He would be born in Falfurias, Texas. Not only that, but the scroll that we discovered also said that he would be born of a woman who is a virgin. Of a woman who is a virgin, all right? Okay, all right? All right, so listen, shh. That this, that this guy being prophesied about would be born of a virgin, okay? And we're not talking about the olive oil, all right? And not only that, but that there would be dignitaries from all over the world, dignitaries from foreign places that would come. And listen, they, are gonna, they would bow, the, the prophecy that we discovered in McAllen, Texas said that they would bow down and worship this Man, this person in the prophecy, right? Okay, so the scroll also said that the government, specifically the governor, was going to try to kill him because he was scared that this man that was being prophesied about was going to take over the government, right? That's what the, that's what the scroll said. That's what was prophesied, okay? So the, the scroll also said that the man's father was going to take him when he was a little boy across to Mexico, all right, so that he would be safe because the governor and the government was killing all of little baby boys trying to eliminate this person in the prophecy. You guys look at me like, this dude is crazy, all right? So the scroll, listen to me. This, I don't want you to get this. The scroll that was discovered 600 to 1,000 years ago said that the boy's father would take him to Mexico so that the governor and the government would not kill him, right? And then it also said that one day he would grow up and he would lead the most significant and impacting religious movement in the entire world, and it would impact everybody in the world. Now, imagine that while you're still living, you're living, and we discover this scroll, okay? Listen, that in your lifetime, everything that I just said came true in one person. One person fulfilled and did everything that I just said right here. What would be the likelihood of one person fulfilling everything that I just said, written about them a thousand years ago? It would be nearly, if not, if not impossible. Now here's the thing. Today, shh, today you're going to look at six prophecies that Jesus fulfills at Christmas time in his birth, all right? So here we go. Fill in the blanks. Number one, Jesus was born of the family line of David, okay? The family line of David. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the Bible says this in Isaiah 11. It says, Then a shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from, it, from his roots will bear fruit. This is specifically talking about 
one day Jesus will be born. Okay? I love this one. This one in Jeremiah 23. It says this. Look, the days are coming, and this is the Lord's declaration. When I will raise up a righteous branch for David, the king, he will reign wisely as king and administer justice and righteousness in the land. Okay, don't miss this part. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name he will be called. Listen, Jesus' name. Y'all thought he was just called Jesus, right? Watch this. His name will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our righteousness. So the first prophecy that was written about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, before he was born, is that he would come from the family line of King David. And that is indeed exactly what Jesus fulfilled. Number two, okay? He would be born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. Write that one in. I love this. Listen to this. Before Jesus was born, hundreds of years ago in the prophecies in Micah, it says, Bethlehem, you are small among all the clans of Judah, but one will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. And then there was a 400-year silence where there was nothing written in the Bible. The Bible there, was, there was a gap there of silence from God until Jesus is born. Right? Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. Okay, if you wanted to read in Matthew chapter 2, it says, Jesus was born. Where was he born? Boom. Bethlehem. All right? Number three, Jesus was born of a virgin. Now, we, we, we who grew up in South Texas very close to the religious kind of context that's in our area. We, most of us know very well the Virgin Mary and who she is and stuff like that. But you know that before Jesus was born, hundreds of years ago, before he was born, in the prophecies of Isaiah, it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. So before Jesus is even born, there's a prophecy written that says the Messiah is going to be born of a virgin. That means somebody who has never been in a sexual relationship with somebody else and got pregnant. All right? That, that, that somebody would, would conceive this baby and she would be a virgin. And then check this out. Watch this. It's such a beautiful passage in Luke. It says this. Then the angel told her, watch this. It says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And Mary says to him this, says to the angel this, How can this be? What do you mean? How can this be? I haven't had sexual relations with any man. How can I be pregnant? And the angel says to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of God the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus fulfills this impossible prophecy. Okay, number four. The Messiah would end up in Egypt. This is probably a prophecy that you've maybe never heard of before. Okay? But you know in Hosea chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 11, it says this. It says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And when Jesus is born, King Herod goes crazy and starts to kill all the babies he can find, hoping that he would also kill Jesus. 
And in a dream, Joseph hears the angels say, take him to Egypt. And so he goes to Egypt. Okay, this is fulfilled hundreds of years after the prophecy is spoken about him. Okay, so number five. The prophecy said that Jesus would be worshipped by shepherds. In Psalm 72, it says, May the desert tribes kneel before him and his enemies lick the dust. And then I'm going to read the next part too because it goes with number six. May the kings of Tarshish and the coasts and islands bring tribute. So we see here, number five and number six, that, um, that the prophecy said that he would be worshipped by shepherds and he would be worshipped by foreign rulers or foreign kings. That means that people would come from far away, dignitaries. They would come and they would worship Jesus. You know, there were, some scholars think that there were over 300, listen to this, 300 or more prophecies that were written about Jesus Christ before he was even born. Over 300. We looked at six of them right now. Now, it is like, what would the mathematical probability be of Jesus fulfilling some of these things? Like, what is the likelihood of, likelihood of a person, one person, actually fulfilling all of these prophecies written hundreds of years before him? All right, so there was this dude, okay, a smart dude. His name is Peter uh, Stoner, which is interesting, but he was a smart dude, all right, <laughs> from, the past, from, the, from Pasadena College. And he was a, a, a really smart dude who wanted to study the probability of Jesus fulfilling eight prophecies. Like, what would it be like for Jesus to fill, fulfill eight prophecies mathematically? Now, he said this. Now, I have to really concentrate here because I'm not good at math. But watch, listen to this, okay? The probability of one person, like Jesus, fulfilling only eight of the prophecies, he fulfilled more than eight. Listen to me, Okay? The probability of one person fulfilling eight prophecies, okay, is one in ten to the 17th power, okay? Now, if you're like me, you're like, wow, that sounds like a lot, but I don't really get it. So let me help us out here a little bit, okay? Uh, let me see. Matthew, uh, come here. I need your help. Can you help me on stage? Or I'm not on stage, but come here. All right. All right. So... I said one in ten to the seventeenth power, right? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. What's your name? Matthew. Hey, everybody. This is Matthew. Give him a hand. All right. Okay. One person. Okay. The other Matthew clapped for you. Okay. All right. So Matthew, uh, I'm gonna need to borrow your hat. Okay. Okay. So let's like let's just st step right here. Okay. So Matthew, look, I have ten. Watch this, everybody. Y'all watching this? Okay. I have ten. Hold your hat out. Like this. There we go. I have 10 silver dollars, okay? And we're going to make these silver dollars disappear. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Okay. It's awesome, right? Okay. So I'm going to take one of these silver dollars, and I'm going to put an M, okay, on it. See that? Yes. Okay. All right. Y'all watch this, okay? Matthew? I'm going to put this silver dollar that has your initial on it in your cap, and I'm going to mix all of these up. And if and you can get one chance, if you pick the one that has your initial, okay, then you get to keep it. All right? It's a silver dollar. It's worth a dollar. Exactly. Okay, really quick, somebody from the back row, what is the probability of Matthew choosing the silver dollar with his initial on it? Can I have some back row students, please? All right, anybody? 
What? One in 10? Look, some dude really ventured out and said 10%, I think. Okay. Yes, you're right. Good job. Okay. One in 10. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay. Close your eyes. Okay. Ready? Okay. On the count of three, pick one. One, two, three. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. If you pick the one with your initial, you can keep it. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. One in 10 chance, right? Ready? Go. You just, just one. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. You know what? I'm feeling kind of, kind of, kind of nice. Let's give you another chance. Okay. Ready? One in 10. No initial. Ah, okay. Let's try this one more time. Number three. Okay. Here we go. Ah, close your eyes. Cheater. All right. Here we go. Ready? Oh, oh, there it is. Look on the third one. He got, there you go. Okay. You can have it. Actually, the third one. Yeah, go ahead, take it. All right? Okay, so, listen, give him a hand. I'm going to give him his cap back. Here you go. Okay, so, listen. I'm going to put, I'm going to put an initial on this one. Somebody's going to go home and be like, he's ruining money. Who's writing on it? Okay. All right, so, this is, listen to me. Shh. This is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Watch this. Okay. It'd be like taking a silver dollar and dropping it somewhere in the state of Texas, okay? And one in 10 to the 17th power silver dollars would be enough silver dollars to cover the entire state of Texas in silver dollars, wait, two feet deep. Did you get that? Yeah, you hear me? Two feet deep of silver dollars covering the entire state of Texas would be one in 10 to the 17th power. And so then we take a dude, we blindfold him, we drop him in the middle of Texas and say, okay, dude, walk around and choose, blindfolded, choose the silver dollar that has the letter on it. That is similar, listen to me, this should, this should blow your mind. Like, you should hear this and worship God. Watch this. That is similar to the probability of Jesus Christ fulfilling only eight of the prophecies. Just eight. And he fulfilled way more than eight. Okay? He fulfilled all of the prophecy that the prophets and law spoke but if he just fulfilled eight of them, that's what it would be like. Somebody, some of you are like, I don't get it. Me neither. It's amazing. Okay? All right. So listen to this. Listen to this. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. Okay. So here's the point. Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent by God to fulfill all of the prophecies written about the Messiah. Listen, if you miss this point, it's just a bunch of cool facts. And it doesn't mean much. But this is really what it means. Listen, that Jesus sent his son to fulfill the prophecies so that you and I can know God intimately. That Jesus would die for our sin, that we'd be forgiven, that our relationship with God would be restored, what was once broken, fixed. And because of Jesus coming, 
to the earth, what we celebrate at Christmas time, fulfilling these prophecies that are mathematically impossible, we who put our faith, listen to me, don't miss this, don't miss it, we who put our faith in Jesus Christ can know God and know him closely. All right, so what does all this mean? I'm going to give you three quick things to take away. Number one, okay, listen, this is on your handout. Number one, bring your doubt to God. God is big enough to handle your doubt. Some of you in here tonight are like, I don't really know if God is out there, if he's real. I don't really know if Jesus is really the son of God. Well, I want to tell you this. If Jesus did fulfill the prophecies, if he indeed fulfilled these prophecies, he is the son of God, and God is not afraid of any doubt that you bring him. If you doubt God, take it to him. Say, God, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe. I don't trust Okay, God is not afraid of your doubt. I always say this to people who have doubt. God's not afraid of your doubt. You know why? Because God, if God is truth, and if Jesus is truth, you know what? Truth has nothing to hide. So it is okay for you to bring your doubt before God and say, God, please help me in my unbelief. I have doubt. Is this real? Can I really know you, God? Bring your doubt to God. Number two, ask God for more faith. Some of you hear like the statistics we looked at right now, which is cool because we don't really, really do a, a Wednesday night talk that has a bunch of numbers and statistics and facts in it. Okay? But here's the thing. Some of you hear that and are like, man, I want to believe. I want to believe God, and I want to trust him, but I don't, and I struggle with that. Okay? Bring your doubt to God and ask him for more faith. The Bible says in the book of James that when we come to God and ask for faith, that he is faithful to increase our faith. Listen, listen to me. Your prayer should be, your prayer should be, God, increase my faith. Grow my faith and help me to trust you more. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's asking, he's calling you to trust him, to put your faith in him and to trust him. All right, number three, and we're done. Number three is this. Okay, what do these prophecies mean? It means that, that we should worship God. That this Christmas season should be a season of us worshiping God. Because I'll tell you what, you didn't fulfill these prophecies. Your mom or dad didn't fulfill them. No president in our history, no movie star, no famous person, no millionaire, no, no, nobody fulfilled these prophecies. It's mathematically impossible except the one sent by God himself. What does that mean? It means that this Christmas, we shall worship God. It means that this Christmas, we should be about loving and responding to God with all of our hearts, saying, God, I love you, and I belong to you. I've surrendered myself to you. And this Christmas is all about seeing how amazing you are, God. Because he is amazing. He is amazing. Ain't not one person, I know that's not correct English, could get dropped in the state of Texas with a blindfold to find one silver dollar. And that was just eight prophecies. Mathematically impossible. Jesus is amazing. And he calls us to worship him because he is amazing. All right, let's pray. God, we love you. God, we, we admit and we acknowledge that we um, desperately need you. And God, where we have doubt and questions, Lord, will you meet us there? Meet us there with um, what you speak to us um, about. 
by your spirit, God, speak to us and move in our hearts. God, I pray that tonight that these wouldn't be just like some amazing facts about Jesus, but that we would respond to God in a heart of worship as we see Jesus and how he has fulfilled all of these prophecies. There has been none in history that have fulfilled these prophecies but one, Jesus. And we praise you, Jesus, tonight for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.